I'm Arlen Hamilton. I'm an investor, a founder, an author, a professional speaker, and an atheist. I wanted to find out what would happen if I sat down to have open and honest conversations with people from all walks of life and various degrees of faith. Would my preconceived notions be debunked or simply reconfirmed? Maybe a little bit of both? Let's find out on Demystifying Faith. Hello, this is Arlen. This is Demystifying Faith, Episode 2. Episode 1 has received so much love, so much thought and um, extrapolation and all the things I hoped it would receive and more. So thank you again to Minda Hearts. Thank you to everyone who has taken a listen. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, I highly recommend you listen to it before this episode as we do reference the Minda Hearts episode one of Demystifying Faith in this interview with my friend Nasheen. And um, this one took a lot of twists and turns that I was not expecting. It was rich. It was different. It was uh, entertaining. And I think it just pulls even more on the thread of the overall tapestry of what I'm trying to do with this podcast series. A reminder that this is a limited run. I will release an episode per month, give or take, for 10 episodes and um, just having a really good time doing it, learning so, so much, being fulfilled in so many ways. And um, I had hoped for this. I had really hoped that it would be something like a, a journey, a quest. And here we are only in episode two, and I already feel that way. So take a listen, allow yourself to enjoy and to think and to challenge and to um, just kind of be at peace in your own thoughts. That's what I got out of this episode is that it's okay for us to feel what we really feel, whatever that may be, even if it's not in agreement with our family or with our spouse or with our, you know, our public selves. It's okay to have those feelings inside. And some people will talk to their higher power if they have one internally. So you know what that feels like already. And some people don't. But this really helped me think, tap into that feeling. I will leave it here. It needs no further introduction. Listen in as I talk to Nasheen. My name is Nasheen Aziz, and I am living in South San Francisco currently, originally from Singapore. Gosh, I've been in America now for like 15, 17 years. I have family here, uh, and I'm owner of co-founder of Gravity Speakers. Yeah, so we know each other because you are my speaking agent. That's right. Um, one of them, yeah. You and your husband are my speaking agents. That's right. So I think that, that's probably something we should dive into too, just a little bit of that dynamic, because uh, uh, that's what, you know, it's just so interesting to me about this. So I guess, you know, to start, um, do you identify yourself as of some faith or lack thereof? So, yeah, this is going to be an interesting topic. And I've always loved talking about this, but so I'm born Muslim and very strongly born Muslim. My family's very into the faith, um, especially my, you know, my mom, my two sisters who are over here. And I have a third sister in Singapore. So born and raised fully Muslim. And as the years got gone by, I you know, started having my own mind and started you know, exploring other things. And especially living in Singapore, it's such a multinational, multi-religious country. So always exposed. All my friends were of all, all different faiths. And the thing about Singapore as well is they recognize each uh, religion by giving each religion, I think, two days out of the year a holiday, a public holiday. Oh, that's interesting. So it's nice. So everybody, you know, if you're if you're um, Buddhist, you, you get to enjoy Visa Day. If you're a Tamil or, or you're Hindu, you get to enjoy um, Diwali. Um, if you're Muslim, you get two days, you get, you know, both Eid and you get the other Eid holiday, which we have two of. 
Um, and if it's Christmas, everybody gets Christmas off. Mm -hmm. So each kind of religion gets to enjoy each other's and goes to each other's homes and things like that. Oh, wow. So, I, so religion was a big part in, in my growing up in terms of just knowing how everybody kind of explored faith in their own way and celebrated it with their family in their own way. Um, so yeah, I, it, it was nice to see it that way. And then it also just sort of made me think, well, if all religions and all these people are so lovely and so good, why is it that there's so much conflict with each other? Mm. And why is one way the right way and one way is not the right way? And at the same time, we're all thinking this inside, but to each other's faces, we're like, oh, no, we're, we're all lovely and at peace. But yeah. internally, it was this idea of judgment and going, well, you're not doing it the right way. You're going to end up in, you know, H-E-L-L, basically. Yeah, whatever that version is. for Ex whatever, is, yeah. whatever it may be, the afterlife may be. So I found that very, very interesting and conflicting. So you said that you grew up Muslim, your family is, uh, but you started thinking for yourself is how you said it. Yeah. What, I, what did that turn into then? So that turned into a lot of hiding and sneaking away, to be quite honest with you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it grew a lot of shame inside of, of this. You know, you're sort of doing the rituals, you're doing the actions, but then there was no real internal connection. And to be quite honest, I don't think I've ever felt the real internal connection of it. Mm. Um, so it just kind of kept expanding and it just kept becoming more and more. And, you know, your family tends to have a way of not really looking at it, although they can see it, but they, you know, yeah. they try not to ignore and, it. And to be clear, you're saying running away. Do you mean that you stopped going to certain uh, events or you... How, how did that manifest itself? It was sort of a, there wasn't any real connection internally and it sort of became more performative. And the questions being asked from parents and from other family members, they just never really kind of dove deeper into it. It was more, okay, you're doing the action. Yep. That's enough that's for me. Yeah. Where I feel that when it comes to something like faith or religion, it should be a deeper thing and it should be a little bit a lot more intention and a lot more connection to it. So I when that when you're when I when I felt like I was pretending to do this, it just made me feel more distant and more distant and more distant from from my family, from from them trying to 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 say, hey, this is the right way to do something. And it also kind of created a little bit of hatred, a little bit of resentment. Uh, resentment, yes, yeah. that's the right word. Yeah. Um, about the whole thing. It just sort of put a bad taste in my mouth yeah. because now I couldn't even, I didn't feel like I had a safe space to even talk about it because it would just be, no, I don't even want to know about what you're thinking about it because what you're thinking about it is wrong. So you, so you went to your parents or someone in your family and said, I'm starting to doubt things. I'm starting to question things. I didn't have the space to go formally to talk about it. Okay. It was a, I can see from your body oh, language that you can't even approach the it. topics. Yeah. They were picking up on it yeah. and they wanted to sort of, as many parents do, they wanted to quiet that and, and make sure that they didn't realize it. You know, it's, it's like a, a coping mechanism. It was sort of like, oh, she'll grow out of it and she'll yeah. grow into it. Yeah, <laughs> she'll grow out yeah. of what she is now and she'll grow into what we've been yeah. teaching her. And granted, I, I, I really appreciated the lessons that, you know, especially Islam came about, like what it, what, it, what those, what those uh, rituals meant made a lot of sense to me and I could tie it back to more of like a scientific basis for it. Like, why do we fast for 30 days? Well, it teaches you self-control. And I think that's a lovely thing to do uh, as opposed to maybe the stories that's tied to it. When yes. You, you know, about the lore. The, you know. Yeah. So I, so I, I understood things like that. I understood why, Hey, you know, you're not allowed to eat pork because Hey, you know, it is not the most healthiest meat out there. And, you know, those sort of understanding you can't drink alcohol. Well, I understand that because clearly it can lead to some bad decisions, but also I like the idea of being able to make decisions, you know? So, yeah. but I get the meaning behind those rituals. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't, I, I didn't like the forcefulness of it. And what would you say the age was that you were starting to feel this way or kind of acting in the out in this way? I think I was really conscious of it probably in my maybe 12, 13. Yeah. I think when, you, yeah, when you're yeah. becoming a woman or whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying. <laughs> but I think yeah, that when you're those change. Yeah, it's a physical change. It's when your parents look at you and go like, oh, no, you you might 
be able to have a child now. Yeah. So it's sort of, and I think something chemically changes in your head where you're kind of like, oh yeah, yeah. I actually do have autonomy now. Something. Yeah. Could- and I don't know if it happens with everyone, but it, it, it it's, it, it's this sort of like, oh, I'm a, I'm a living being outside of what, you know, has been incubated at this home. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm not just the, the, the window dressing or whatever mm-hmm. we're supposed to look like at church. Right. But I think a lot of the, my religious sort of frustrations or the frustrations of having to be brought up in that, in that environment was more a cultural thing. And that's the problem with, with kind of growing up Pakistani, Malay, who are both, you know, Muslim uh, uh, races for, for the most part or Muslim nationalities, I should say. Um, there's also the cultural aspect of it, which can be misconstrued with what the religion's telling you versus what the culture is telling you. And so it's kind of hard to differentiate that being a girl in a Muslim household. Who's, What's a good example of that? Hmm. Cause if you think about, if I think about like wedding pictures I've seen of you, yours, um, is, is the wedding that you had, is it any, in any way steeped in religion or a way that it would be presented religiously? Or was it like a, I, you know what, maybe, maybe it's more so the expectation of a girl and okay. their role in, in the household where the religion doesn't really dictate what your role is in the household in terms of what a woman can do. But the, but the culture by all means is the, the main point of like, Hey, you're, you're coming of age or whatever it may be. My main goal with you, Nasheen, is to get married and to find a good husband. Yeah. I mean, religion does not tell you this, but by all means, now you have to find somebody within that faith and more of so is within that culture. And then you become, you kind of get stuck in this cog of like a machine yeah. where you like, is, is your husband of the same faith and culture? So no, Ricky's um, uh, Hindu, raised Hindu, but also Sikh. His father's um, uh, Punjabi. So when I met Ricky, I had already been coming out of my own uh, relationship. I was divorced before. Um, I was married to a Muslim man before that. So when, that was a, that's a whole other <laughs> can of worms sure. <laughs> that I had to put my mother through. I had to put her through. And divorce is not a good thing. Well, just any, yeah, any separation of the whole thing, but it, it's actually a really loaded story. And I don't know if this is the podcast for it, but it's, it probably it's, all is. Tied in. <laughs> it's all tied in. Yeah, it's probably it. Okay. Hey, if you want to start there, let's start there. Let's kind of start there. So let's talk about this one. So my father passed away when I was 18. Um, and he was, uh, my parents were both religious, although they were also very kind of Loose in the sense of, you know, they had probably had lives before the religion became a huge part of their life. So when my father passed away, it sort of made me feel like, well, okay, I need to, I need to honor him. Right. So I felt the connection to the religion because I felt like this is something that would make him happy. And more so it was just doing, and I'm speaking specifically during the days that he had passed away because he passed away very sudden. It was a heart attack. My mother wasn't around. It was just me and my sister. My sister found him woke me up, found him on the ground. And it was pretty traumatic in that sense. Yes. Um, so my mom wasn't even in the country and they were very much in love. So it was probably the hardest thing that I would do to tell your mother over the phone, hey, the love of your life is gone and you don't yeah. even get to say goodbye. So she rushes down. And then during those few days, we, you know, in Islamic culture, you have to bury the body within like the, the day. So if you pass away before Maghrib time, basically before sunset, so, but they had to take his body and they did the whole thing, um, uh, the whole autopsy and stuff, because, you know, it was like a weird death sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we only got to bury him like a day or two after. So part of the, part of the religious, uh, the, the, what's the word, the rich ritual is they bring the body back home and then they bring the body to the, to the graveyard. So as his body's in our home, everybody's praying having prayers my mom's not there yet just me and my sister and my aunts and all of that and I think I hadn't slept for a few days at that point um so then I decided okay I'm going to sit in the room I'm going to lay down I'm just going to lay down for a bit and I'm in it I'm feeling the religion I'm feeling like okay this is just my way of saying goodbye to my dad he would have loved to see this so I'm sitting on this bed and I'm, I'm kind of half laying on it and then I felt like somebody sat right next to me so, and I and a hand on my back and then mm-hmm. I it really felt that way. And I caught up really quickly, looked around and there was nobody there. But as soon as I felt that hand on my body, I felt a, a relief, like a breath. Like I finally I could breathe again. 
And in my heart of hearts, I knew he came to say goodbye. And his last thing was like, don't feel this way anymore. I'm going to take it away from you. This heaviness. So that kind of messed with my mind in the sense of, you know, like I, I really, I think he believed in his own faith. And so he came back to visit me and he did all the things that he knew he could do in his, within his faith. But then at the same time, in my mind, I kept thinking, well, there's so many other religions out there and they all have their own rituals and they all do things their own way for their own peace of mind. And they all believe it to be true. And so how can it all be wrong? But how can it all be right at the same time? Sort of a feeling. And, and that's why when I, when I pose to you saying, hey, I would love to talk about the mystical and all of that, because I think there's a lot of mystical things when it comes to thinking about religion, thinking about faith. And, and it, I've had so many of these kind of weird ghost stories, so to speak, which I'm probably going to, you're going to lose some listeners right now, but there's a lot of ghost no, stories. No. I mean, <laughs> even someone like me, I, you heard in the first episode, I have, I don't believe there's a higher power in the sense that a lot of people believe it, but I've had my own right ghost, quote unquote, ghost interactions. Right. Twice. Right. That are as clear as day. <laughs> I, I, and that's my story too. I've had so yeah. many of these yeah. interactions with like the world beyond whatever plane this energy yeah. might be living in that has interacted with my life and has affected me in such a huge way that yeah. I, I, in my heart of hearts, what I think in the end, after with my dad passing away and with feeling that connection so strongly is that he, that he believed in what he believed in. And, and it's lovely. And I think, I think that in the end, when I die, and that's what it boils down to when it comes to faith and religion to me, when I die, it's going to, I hope that it's going to be how my version of how I feel about myself at that point in time. So what that means is I need to make sure I'm right with me forever and ever because I may go at any moment oh that's that's deep because that's deep. I, I like to believe in a per, I, I think if you believe in a hell then you believe in a hell if you believe in heaven you believe in heaven you believe in and you believe in reincarnation you believe in reincarnation so I need to make sure I'm very much strong in what I believe in in that moment in time and by all means I really hope I feel like I'm a positive person in that last ending and not feeling yeah. like I'm gonna go yeah. to hell or whatever right yeah it's like this uh, this uh, I remember uh, Minda in our first episode said that although I I don't believe in the same God that she believes in, she said I'm acting in ways that essentially she's paraphrasing. She said I'm acting in ways that he would approve of, of right. so to speak. Right. And it's sort of like your own determination of what a good person is, and I think right. that that's really important. Um, when you're when this happened. How did that then affect your decision to get married? So, yeah, so that's another thing. <laughs> so, so in that whole process of with my father passing away, I was in the midst of having met somebody. And so in my mother's mind, it was, oh, he died because you're settled now. You found someone. So you oh. have to marry this person. Oh, wow. So it was two years between my father passing and me actually moving here because I had met somebody to be married to. And I did not want to get married at that point in time, but mm. it was like, she was not having any other way. Mm. So it had to happen. So it happened and I gave it a good shot and it worked out and it was really lovely and this lovely the whole time, but still something didn't feel right. So I just had to leave it at that point. And then yeah. she had to take it. <laughs> so yeah. It's like, you're no longer under my roof. I guess I'll have to do what you have. Right. To do. And are, is your mother with us today? Oh yeah, yeah, she is. And is she, what is your relationship like? Oh, we're, we have a great relationship. We're good. We're good. Yeah. yeah we're close. And uh, so then you, so you, you left that relationship, thankfully, because you weren't happy in yeah. it. You were happy with the person, but not with the relationship. Yeah. But the person himself, he seems like he was okay. Oh yeah, yeah. It yeah. taught me a lot, learned so much from it, but yeah. just didn't feel right in myself. I yeah. just felt like it's wonderful because yeah. So many people listening right now are in relationships that they don't want to be in. And it's yeah. just the truth. And yeah. so like you saying that out loud is unlocking that for some people. So it's right. okay to say. Um, so then how long between that? I'm not going to get too in your business because you. <laughs> I don't know what you're up to. But <laughs> where does where does your your current husband, Ricky, where does he come into this? Oh, yeah. And being of a different faith. Yeah. So I meet Ricky two years later um, and we sort of just hit it off right off the bat. So how we ended up getting married to each other is really a funny story. So <laughs> I tell my mom, hey, I met somebody. And I, by all means, you know, it's one of those relationships where you just, with parents, where you never tell 
the what's happening in your backstory yeah. unless you're serious about someone. So I was serious about Ricky. I was like, I have to, I have to, you have to meet him. I said, like, okay. So we sit down, we eat for lunch. My other sister's there as well. And essentially she goes, so, you know, if you're going to be with my daughter, you're going to have to convert to Islam, right? And then he looks at me, me and Ricky have never spoken about this. Did not broach the topic. It wasn't really in our mind of like, oh, this is going to be marriage, but more like this is going to be serious. I don't know. And without even a breath, did not even a blink of an eye. He just goes, sure, I'll do whatever. Like, <laughs> was he serious or was he just he was serious? He just said it. He's like, yeah, if that needs to happen, then yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to do that. And so at that point I looked at him and he looked at me and I was like, okay. So, you know, and my mother was impressed and I was certainly impressed. So that was sort of my mom proposing to him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Been there. Uh, Very, very interesting. So after that conversation, did you all talk and and did you say, are you you serious? Uh, Yeah. Was the conversation like after that? Yeah. We had a conversation about it. I asked him, are you for real? And he said, yes, I'm for real. And I also had met his mother before she met mine and she's very much, very religious. She's Hindu practicing, but she's extremely spiritual. She does a lot for her own soul and uh, uh, very mystical as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and her belief has always been, as long as my son is happy, I'm happy. It doesn't matter the religion. We all, we, as long as you have some sort of faith, we all believe in a higher power of some sort go for it kind of a thing yeah. so I, just seeing having met his parents and seeing how lovely they were um it made me feel really good about it um until my parents had to meet his parents Uh-oh. and then it got interesting what so, then, <laughs> so his father's Punjabi Sikh and my mother said to his father his father and this mind you I've met his father twice at this point so essentially it's like just fast forwarding our relationship and she says, so, you know, if your son's going to be with my daughter, he's going to have to convert to Islam. His father just changed face, Ooh. super upset, stood up. He said, I can't believe this. Not in my house, not under my watch, yada, yada, yada. Storms out of the house while yeah. his mother's just sitting on the couch looking at him going, just don't, just ignore him. It'll be fine. No worries. Yes, yes. It'll be whatever. So yeah. Very two different reactions my mother was very like freaked out so was I I was a bit like you know like it started in tears to be quite honest because I felt yeah. terrible yeah I felt terrible because number one I didn't I'm not religious myself and I didn't want his father to think I'm changing your son and because he doesn't know me yet so I get that so I had to sit his father down once my mother left and I kind of said hey I get it don't worry. You don't know me. I don't know you, but know that as much as your son is your son, I am my mother's daughter. I have to make her happy. And I want to make sure your son makes you happy. I'm not going to change him in any way, but this is just to make my mother happy. And he kind of calmed down and it was all good from there. And now it's fine. So what was the outcome? Did Ricky convert? He did. He did a convert, which is basically just saying a few lines. (laughs) So it wasn't very involved. So how is your, so you're like, going back to your wedding pictures, I've seen a couple, they're beautiful pictures and they, they seem like they're very steeped in culture and did you I combine had, the cultures or what did you do? No, we had it pretty separate. I, unfortunately, I wish it was more combined because everything kind of like got spread apart or was really quick or wasn't really, I think the, I think thinking of a wedding for me personally was a bit too overwhelming because I already had had one and I really wasn't interested in doing another crazy one. So we did a whole nikah. We did the Muslim ceremony in 2009. Fast forward, we did another Hindu ceremony in 2006, I want to say. Well, or you, 2005. Said 2000, you said 2009. Sorry, 2000, sorry 2000, I mean 20, 2015, I think 2014 mm-hmm. or something like that. We had a Hindu ceremony. Oh, wow. And then we actually did a legal ceremony in 2018. So we had like, <laughs> we just had whatever, a hodgepodge of things. I happening. love it. You're plotting out the movie that I that needs to be made. <laughs> and so you did these weddings because uh probably for a few reasons, but mainly because you wanted to make sure that everybody who cared about you was involved and got to be part of it or right. It was more like okay, let's do the nikka to make it kosher and then let's do the Hindu ceremony because his mom wanted to do something, of course. Yeah. And then we did a legal thing because obviously that's what yeah. the government needs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. So in your home or in your relationship, does religion ever 
religion or faith, yeah. you know, however you want to uh, approach it, does it ever come up? Does it ever affect things like you're now a new mother? Yeah. Is there a question about what your child might be or raised yeah. as, et cetera? There was a lot of anxiety coming into like having Aiden, like once he, when my son, as he was, uh, as I was pregnant with him, there's a lot of like, how are we going to do this? What are we going to raise him as? Or what does it even mean? How are we going to talk about God? What is yeah. God? Like, yeah. So um, we, I think about it all the time and we do, it does come up in a sense of like, I still say those ritualistic words that kind of, you know, that you get ingrained into your brain. Whenever I'm starting something new, I always say Bismillah or if he sneezes, I say Alhamdulillah and I'm saying it and I'm like, well, what does this mean? Like, well, how am I going to explain this to him when I tell him this? I'm still battling those questions. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but one thing's for sure is that in, in, in my heart, and I know in Ricky's heart as well, that we, we do believe in like a higher power, whatever it may be, because I think magic exists to a certain degree. Some things cannot, which are too much of a coincidence and too beautiful to kind of, or to anticipate happens a lot more often, uh, or happens a lot in general. And, and I think that, that, that kind of represents to me like God and magic in, in and of mm-hmm. itself when, mm-hmm. Yeah, when it's not predetermined, it sort of it just feels so coincidental and happenstance, like an accident. Yeah. You know, yeah, we'll say things like it's the universe at work, or yeah. if you're not if you're not calling out a god, you're saying it's the universe at work. I say that sometimes. I say everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and I say that, and I mean that. And yeah. I've seen it happen so often. And in, in other, you know, my friends who are religious or spiritual, they'll say, "Well, it, it does," and you're describing exactly what we're saying you're just saying right. different words yeah is there how about with you i have to ask when you say universe and why is it that you don't use do you feel it's what is god i guess to you yeah i don't i don't believe in a in that there is a god uh and and because i was raised in dallas texas in the u.s you know when i say god i'm generally talking about the christian god that that is you know the the jesus figure that's on pictures um but i don't i don't believe that there is one and that's part of what this is about you know this podcast series is about it's just learning more and more um but i'm also like a critical thinker and i'm also have observant so i i can understand like there's something going on that i can't figure out and i also think like it's kind of uh if you think about it too much, like oh, my head might explode, but you know, and like you think about the, you know, the, the mirror that sees the mirror that sees the mirror mm-hmm. that sees the, but I also think if there is a God or several gods, and if, if let me do a caveat here. If there is a God, there are several gods. Okay. Okay. In my opinion, if okay. there is at all, there are several, there cannot just be one that doesn't make, does not make any sense to me. Right. So if there is one, then there are several, but the, uh, if there is one or several, they, that being, at least the one that I've been introduced to and I've been taught about my whole life, would, would want critical thinking from its offspring mm-hmm. or its creations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To me, that's has, that has been another thing that's been so ironic to me that, you know, you were questioning the God or the entity that you were brought up to believe in, wouldn't you think, or wouldn't your parents think that they would want you to be a full person and to even question their existence? Not to say they don't exist. They probably don't want that, but to question, it means that like their creation is fully formed, you know, like to me, that's what I think about is I think it's so ironic when, when people are very, black and white about things. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to believe in God. You can't question that. You don't question God's motives. It's like, wait a second. Wouldn't, wouldn't the God that you're describing sounds like to me that if they created me, they would want me to be everything that I am. Right. You know? So it's just like this, like, again, it's like, if you believe like, in a benevolent God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, my question now is, is actually more about like your identity because in this conversation, you have mentioned probably four different religions, cult, yeah, religions and things like that. And yeah. I know them by name. I thought maybe one or two I didn't even recognize, but I know them by name in general. But I don't know their beliefs essentially. Right. right? So, 
living in uh, California, we'll say, you, you know, living in California, what is it like to to interact <laughs> with people? Do do people kind of judge you by looks, by what you're, you know, what they imagine your beliefs are? Do you ever have to deal with that? Yeah, I do. It's, it's just by having the name not Sheen already. Yeah. It's quite yeah. like, okay, I know who you are. You're Muslim. Okay. Mm. Oh, if you're, if you're aware, then yeah. you, you, they, they know that. So then I have to kind of fall into that. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm not celebrating Eid. But, oh, I'm, I'll be around for Eid, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. So then there's that awkwardness of having to like, you know, I have to again, pretend to be something that I'm was raised, but mm-hmm. don't identify with anymore. Um, but being in California, there's so many different, uh, backgrounds and, 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 and types of people. So it's, it's nice because you can kind of blend in, you can kind of be mixed. Right. Yeah. Um, but also they don't really know who I am or what I am in terms of like my, uh, yeah, I'm Muslim and I'm, but I'm Pakistani and I'm Malay. So what is that? You don't really know. And I grew up in Singapore. Yeah. That's a lot of, inf- like a lot of things for anybody to guess. <laughs> like, yeah, they're going to guess because that's how people are. <laughs> oh, well, you must be something. Right. You and know. I, you know, but also with the mixture, it kind of gives me an opportunity to just sort of be quite neutral with all of it. Cause so I sort of blend, I, when I grew up in Singapore, let's just put this, put it this way. I was so mixed up that I didn't really have, um, a group that I particularly belonged to. I was really a friends amongst all of these different races and cultures. So I, I was an outlier always from all of them, but also yeah. I belonged to all of them, which kind of made me feel kind of special in that way. So I think I've always carried that feeling of uh, even coming over here, especially more coming over here because now I really get to be different, but also kind of assimilate, which is kind of nice. I don't know. What is that phrase you told me uh, through on DM, you said that you looked up. Uh, oh. Do you remember what that was? It had to Ag- do with agnostic. Agnostic theist, wasn't it? Ag- yes. Agnostic, agnostic theist. theist. Yeah. I've been told that I would enjoy going to um, school for like a, a, I don't know what the class is called or the, the, the degree it would be, but it's the, theism. Theism. Yeah. I, I've been told I would really enjoy it because it really breaks down all these different um, religious yeah. and uh, religions, even though most people there are tr- training to be something in a religion, right. it also breaks it down and, and challenges those. Have cool. you ever, have you ever like had those conversations with anybody or is this kind of like you're coming out? <laughs> no, I, I think I, amongst my friends, it's, it's always been something I spoke about. It's, yeah. it's something I always gravitated to. I think it's really, it always revolves, revolves around the death story though, because I feel like that's when, religion really comes to play. Like you yeah. can live your life in whatever way, but everybody always fears death and what's going to happen next. And I think religion fills that void for a lot of people. Yeah. As opposed to how to live. I think a lot of them is more like, how am I going to die and what's going to happen then? So this will help me answer that. Mm. And that's where, you know, that's to me where it comes in most yeah. when I see a lot of people towards the end of their life or the, or even when it comes to new life coming into the world, because there is that risk of death that comes with it. What is that belief behind it? How are you going to survive when that happens? Yeah. And I think that's, I th- and, and that's also when a lot of people start holding on to religion more is when they lose something, so lose somebody really close to them. And I, you know, yeah. it's not curious. Yeah. It happened what with you? my mom. Right. She lost her father. And then very soon after is when the Jehovah's Witnesses met her and she was susceptible to that and open to that, you know, right. um, whatever was going to come, it could have been anything else, I think, you know? Right. Um, and, and so I think it, I think you're very right there. I think it's like a combination. It's, it's the death and then it's also appearances. And a lot of times mm-hmm. because it's not um, like so many people and don't get me wrong. So many people genuinely feel this, Mm-hmm. And I'm getting to talk to them. This is so cool, right? Like so many people genuinely feel it and they may be right and I may be wrong. That's always an op- uh, a possibility. But I do think that as you've stated here and even as Minda has stated and I have stated, a lot of it has to do with getting ourselves in a position where we're not embarrassing our parents, mm-hmm. essentially. And bec- and, and, and they don't want to be embarrassed because they feel that, I think our parents truly think it's a matter of life and death. Mm-hmm. They think that if you yeah. don't, it's some somewhat about like what the people at the church are going to think, but it's also mm-hmm. like, 
was my mom. She said, you know, I, I don't want you to, to, to go to hell. Like we don't, the witnesses don't believe in hell, but like, I don't want you to go to like everlasting, um, um, damnation, mm-hmm. you know, which is like this horrible torture for all eternity, essentially. Right. And and there's a positive to it. There's a paradise on earth that is promised and things. Like, and she wanted that for very genuinely wanted that for me. Right. But knew that there are politics. So if you're not coming to church, you're not coming to the, it's called kingdom hall. Right. If you're not coming to, you're not showing up. There's some, somehow there's some sort of point system, you know, and, yeah. and all is being seen and, and, and there's these humans and mostly usually men uh, who are who are the judges in that in those religious kind of setups. Right. And and I think it's so interesting to me how all of that plays into where the teenager ends up on a Sunday. Right. You know, and 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 in the meantime, the teenager or whomever is starting to grow into their own mind, right. question things and say, you know, every 20 years, every generation, things are going to evolve and it's going to be different. Now, that comfort you talked about, do you feel that comfort? Because you don't necessarily believe or yet know what is truly out there. Mm-hmm. What you talked a little bit about this earlier, where you said you just, wherever you, you always want to be the best version of yourself because nothing is promised. Right. Is that how you feel? Like, is that the comfort that you find? I control that a little bit. I think that's, I think that control factor is the comfort. Yes. I think a lot has to do with you do create your own destiny, but then there's also the aspect of the unknown where something crazy can happen and you can, somebody gets hit by a car, Mm -hmm. uh, a hurricane happens, tears Mm -hmm. through the country. Mm -hmm. Um, So those things feel so uncontrollable, of course, so I think the only thing you can control with any situation is yourself and how you feel inside. And I think that that's a gift from the universe or God or whatever you want to feel is being able to have, I think that's how God and the universe, whatever power that maybe shows up with you mm-hmm. is that control factor within yourself and how you can, you know, make sure to feel either good about yourself or feel bad about yourself or, or, Hey, I'm feeling bad about myself and it's okay. I can eventually feel good about myself and having those sort of positive, optimistic thoughts. And I think that's how it can show up. And I think that's what gives me that, that what's what that's what feels like faith to me is having that inside me, inside me innately. And then I also hear stories of people who who are depressed, who go through anxiety, who don't feel that, who can't see that end of the light. And I and then I question, how does that manifest in them? What does that mean to them? And I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. But I just know that that's how I feel it manifests within yeah. me. The agency. It reminds me a little bit of like when presidents, especially when I think about Obama, and Biden now, um, presidents of the United States, when they are elected, again, those two specifically I'm thinking of most, they they make sure to say, look, I am the leader here, but I can't do this alone. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to pull their own weight here so I can lead, but it's it's up to all of us to to make the change that we want or, or to, to have a good quality of life. And so it if you do believe in a higher power, you can't just like put your arms in the air and just hope that everything works out. I think that you would have to feel, or you could feel that, that you're working together as a partnership Mm -hmm. on your, on your life, Mm -hmm. uh, which, which is, which is an interesting draw because you have not said, even though you said you were questioning, even though you said that you don't feel that connection, you have not said that you don't believe a hundred percent. Right. So that's where the agnostic comes in. You sort right. of are still in the, I don't know. And I know that I don't know. Right. Therefore, I'm going to live the best life I can. I don't, I can't believe in a religion. I don't believe in a, there is a written way and this is the way. Although there are like literally multiple hundreds of different ways that people are believing in there and have written down and, and they have the monotheistic and the polytheistic versions of all of these things. Um. So how can all of these people be right? And how can all of them be wrong at the same time? They're all wonderful people individually. So that's why I don't feel like uh, I can't believe in a religion, but ultimately everybody believes that there is something bigger beyond themselves, whatever that may be. Mm. And so that's where I fall into that category. You you believe that there is something bigger. I believe that there's something beyond me. And I think it would be silly for me to not, 
think that there isn't something beyond me. But also I think that, hey, it's possible there isn't. And then there's a lot of freedom in not feeling that and feeling yeah. that complete, yeah. you know, everything is 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 just a mere chance. And hey, that's that sounds lovely too, I think. I don't know. <laughs> it's a little- right now, as you are today in this moment, because I could interview you 10 years from now, it could be different. Yeah. Right now, you would say that you are agnostic mm-hmm. and that you don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. But you do believe that there's something higher. I do because of the different things that like, like the mystical things that kind of, kind of happen. It just feels sort of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, living on a different plane, whatever energy they may be. Let me close out this con- wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for, for this. This has been really cool. Let me close it out by telling you two of the mystical experiences that I have that I've had as someone who is very staunchly like I got to see it to believe it kind of thing right Mm -hmm. um one was my grandmother passed away Mm -hmm. on my mom's side um and we I loved her she I still do uh she was a firecracker and she lived with us for a little bit and so I got to know her personality but she lived in uh Jackson Mississippi when she passed and we sort of had a couple of misses and things like that, but, but she did pass. So we, we rushed to Jackson and then she, she, she was okay. And then she wasn't. Mm-hmm. So she had her funeral after my um, cousin passed away uh, in a very terrible way. And I went to his funeral and saw his body. I couldn't handle that anymore. So I no longer go to funerals. I haven't been to a funeral since I was probably 18 and I'm 41 because I, I just can't bear it seeing if it's open casket. So anyway, getting back to this, I, I was not going to the funeral, even though this was my grandmother, my mother's mother, but she, my mother understood. So my task was to stay at the main home in Jackson where my aunt lives, where she, where my grandmother lived to kind of just be there for when people came back. Right. So I'm sitting at, everybody's at the funeral and I'm sitting in the house (laughs) and all of a sudden out of absolutely nowhere, all of the windows start to shake and rumble, (laughs) just literally shake and all the, no wind, nothing happening outside. Just the windows shake and rumble. And I go and sit outside. I go sit in the rocking chair outside because I'm like, I ain't sitting in there anymore. Right. <laughs> I am not there anymore. And when everybody came back, I told them, you know, what happened. And I was scared. It was a scary thing. It was, you know, it was, I couldn't understand what it was, but I it was like, oh my gosh. And mm-hmm. then a few days later, I was asleep and my grandmother came to me in a dream. She was in a, a grocery store mm-hmm. at her age at her age where she passed and she was pushing a basket and she goes in her voice, she said, wake up, baby. It's four twenty or four thirty, whatever time. Wake yeah. up, baby. And I woke up and it was four thirty. And I'm like, okay. And so I think that was her way of like making it less scary. It was more like friendly. <laughs> Which is that was so real and it happened and I still can't explain it and that yeah. those the, those windows shaking yeah you know and, and passing her room and just still seeing how, what her room looked like and those windows shaking it's like right. she she either was upset that I wasn't at the funeral or she was saying hi one of the two so the second thing that happened was a little while after that a little I would have been a, early 20s by this point okay. my um friend that I grew up with since we were toddlers or almost passed away at like 18, unfortunately, heart attack as well. She had a heart problem that nobody knew about. And she had just given birth. Her baby was probably a month old Mm -hmm. of that. So she was with her baby. She was walking around the crib and all of a sudden she was on the floor. She had braids. She once done my braids uh, to go on a trip. And so this is, you know, a black woman with black young lady with braids her child was a month old right when she passed away Mm -hmm. so kind of fast forward a little bit i'm staying at this person's house a couple like three years later Mm -hmm. or so for for, first i'm on the road on tour so i'm staying at their house visiting Mm -hmm. and i'm talking to the 
daughter. And the daughter is like pointing to a photo of her mother. It's hard to describe because there's a lot of backstory to this, but basically that person, that daughter had not been shown a photograph of this person with the braids. Okay. But she said, mama, she was pointing mama, mama. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, to this picture with braids. And I'm like, well, who is that? And she's like, that's mama. And I'm like, you know, you recognize her. So she'd only seen pictures with very short hair. Okay. Very different hair. And I'm like, how does she recognize that that's her mom? We are leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We are leaving. It's a two story home. And as we're leaving, my friend who is on, on tour with, they're in the vehicle. The people who live there are gone because we're closing up behind us. I look up at the stairs and my friend is there with her braids looking down at me. Oh, my goodness. She wasn't fully flesh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> she was yeah. Isn't that? So I get in the car and I don't say a word to anybody. <laughs> And what I think happens there is that she must see her daughter yeah, and, for, and be with the way that she passed yeah. in those braids. And that's what her her daughter must have seen her talking to her at the crib or something. Wait, what is that, right? Like, what is that? Exactly. What is that? What does that mean? What is that? <laughs> I don't know what that means because things like so weird. Things like that are so weird. It's like, is it just like a... You know, like there's reincarnation or there's the idea of like, hey, when you pass, you, you know, you get to go visit all the different things. Are you stuck or are you visiting? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm, I'm wondering. So I think, I mean, it? have you seen the movie Heart and Soul? Heart and Souls with Robert Downey Jr.? No. Um, it's so, Alfre Woodard. It is so good. Um, Elizabeth, uh, what's her face? Love her <laughs> from Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> Listen. Watch this movie. It's I think it's rated PG. I think it's like maybe PG-13. It's so wholesome and it's so good. And I've watched it and I cry every time I watch it. Okay. Watch that movie. And I think that gives an answer. Kira okay. Sedgwick is also in it. Um, but I, first of all, I think maybe if I'm still thinking with my critical eye, which I have to, I think maybe it's mind games. Could it be mind games? Like your brain. Yeah, my brain wanting that, but not, I don't know why I would want it. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) But it could be, like, I want to put it out there that it's, that I'm that critical and that, that I have to say that it could be that. Right. But if it's not, and if what I saw was what I actually saw two times and very, you know, I'm very rebellious. I'm not going to church anymore. It's over. And I see that. Then I do think it is. As as simple as, you know, energy of a person yeah. and they're yeah. not necessarily done like right. they they're somewhere else. Their vessel was for the 80 years or the 18 years in some unfortunate cases and their spirit lives on and they're not walking around every day kind of, you know, on the on the roller coasters with us. But they're they're doing something or they're moving things out the way, you know. Yeah. Like maybe that's God. Maybe it's a yeah. culmination of of spirits past and present. You know, we talk about ancestors coming back to yeah. to protect us. Um, there's so much it could be. All right. mean, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I just I was so curious. I guess we'll never know until we go. We'll never know. I always think about that too. Go. I'm like, man, can I write something to let people know? That's so, like, I really want to mess with people when I'm gone. Like, I just want to come back, write messages on the windows, yeah, like, move coffee cups. Just Have you annoying. seen the movie Ghost? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's how I need to do, move coffee cups. <laughs> yeah. Dude, what do they, I think he did, like, the, the breath on the window and, like, yeah. wrote on the window. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's all good over here. Like, things are cool. But also, like, like, I want to visit people, but I really, I just want to go through, like, history of time. That's really, I think, what I want to do mm. first. Like, when, mm. watch how society and, you know, civilizations were built. I think that'll be much Really? See, I, I feel the other way. I want to go to the future. I want to see the future. Like, I saw an Instagram post yesterday where they said, this is what Dubai will look like in 50 years. And I'm uh-huh. like, 
if I'm not there to see it, I want to be there to see it. You know, <laughs> it looked pretty cool. So I, I, I'm going to miss that. Yeah, I think this see that's the thing. I think when I'm gone, I'll be in the future. Like, oh, you know what I mean? I'll just be in it already. Yeah. Just, wow. That's a whole I'll just exist time. within it. But like the past is something that like I just want to go and see and check out and just yeah. be part of the future. Tell you what, I tell you what, it's a, it's a never ending conversation. And mm-hmm. I think that's the point. Yeah. And I think that um, I'm, I'm hoping that people listening in are 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 resonating with a lot of what we talked about. And what, what I really hope from this podcast, I've already heard people tell me this, which is cool, is that they're thinking these things and they don't they're afraid of, that they're the only ones thinking it. Right. And then they hear it out loud and they're like, oh, I'm not weird or I'm not bad. I'm not a bad yeah. person for questioning. And at the same time, other people are saying this is just reconfirming my faith, reaffirming it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool What I hope people get out of this is that, you know, just in the same vein of how, how, how no, everybody can't be wrong, but everybody can't be right. And I hope that there is an understanding with that. I hope people feel that way enough to go, I'm going to treat the next person with however they want to believe the respect of however they want to believe. Hmm. And I think that's what it comes down to is that's giving each other respect and space to believe what they want to believe. And I really hope that that's what it is. And also, I hope my mother doesn't kill me. So that's right. <laughs> I think your mom has been proven in this story to be pretty cool. She's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I think she just wants what's best for you. Yes, of that's course. That's what it sounds like to me. I want what's best for her. So I hope she doesn't get too personal, take it too personally. Yeah. Oh, well, I love this. Um, thank you so much. Uh, I love the, the note that you ended on. Thank you so much, Nasheen. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Um, how do people uh, interact with you if you want them to? It's okay if you don't. Oh my goodness. Um, feel free. You can email me at nasheen at gravityspeakers.com. That's, cool. Yeah. If you want to talk about this topic, don't try to get into her DMs, trying to do some work. She's she busy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just email me. All right, y'all. Thanks so much. Thank you. Demystifying Faith is executive produced by Arlen Hamilton and co-produced by Anna Eichenauer and Heard Podcasts. Original theme music by Anna Eichenauer. Learn more at demystifyingfaith.com.